0: Ben Tyler, as our pastor said, um, for those of you that don't know me, uh, our pastor is my dad. <laughs> um, so I've been going to this church for my entire life, my entire 20 years of existence. Um, yeah, um, my dad goes here. My fiance, who I'm be marrying in a week, goes here. Grown up together. Um, Uh, Thank you. Um, So before I get started, uh, I'm just going to pray that the Spirit would be in the service with us. Lord, uh, I just pray that the words that come out of my mouth wouldn't be my own, Lord, that um, they wouldn't be thoughts that came from my own mind, but they would be true words that come from your mind, that come from your Spirit, Holy Spirit. I just pray that you would speak through me, that I would just be used as a vessel and that above everything that uh, you would be given glory, Jesus, and that your name would be made greater tonight and uh, that we would walk away with a greater understanding of who you are and a greater depth of your love and grace for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, I think the Lord, uh, with that time of prophecy, just confirmed what is taking place tonight with the message. I think what the Lord gave me is exactly what's supposed to be spoken tonight. And like I said, it was confirmed through prophecy. I will be focusing on the presence of the body in the earth, Um, the spirit and burden we're supposed to carry, who we're supposed to be as the body, you know, what even is the body? What body are we part of? Um, You know, so as I was thinking about this and praying, you know, and... uh, just wondering what what scriptures to use and and uh, just praying and thinking about how to come to come at this and and preach this to you guys and you know thinking about well there's the beatitudes the give uh, the fruits of the spirit you know the obvious things of you know who we're supposed to be with the the light that we are supposed to be and. I think just with the way things are today, I think that the church has forgotten that above all else, we're just supposed to be imitators of Jesus. We try our best at being imitators of Jesus. And, you know, I, just a personal testimony of who I am, I have always um, tried to attain wisdom above everything else and prayed for wisdom and always read Proverbs like three times through. And it's just what I always wanted. And just a couple years ago, really, the Lord just opened my eyes that above everything else, I need to know who Jesus Christ is, the character and person, who he is. It's, you know, the author and perfecter of our faith. We need to know who Jesus is. You know, if you're looking for wisdom or joy or, you know, any of the attributes of Christ, they're called attributes of Christ for a reason, find Christ first and who he is. And those things will follow. So I think as the presence of the body, the body of Christ, we need to be Christ, be Jesus. Um, I don't have slides, so bear with me. Um, You'll just have to follow in your Bible. We're going to start in Philippians chapter 2. So I'll I'll give uh, you a second to get there. All right, Uh, Philippians chapter 2, verse 1, and we're going to go all the way to 11, so we have a little bit of reading to do. Um, Therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interest, but each of you to the interest of the others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who uh, who, being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. just uh, let's uh, dissect this, who being in the very nature of God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. The Bible tells us that you know, Jesus is God in, incarnate. He is God in flesh. Everything Jesus says, he said, if you see me, you see the Father. So he did, not even the, the human nature of God did not consider to be um, above everyone else and to be... Uh, worshiped above everyone else, but he made himself low, and he served everyone, and that's who we're supposed to be. The presence of the body is supposed to be a a body of servants, and I, um, you know, and I think, uh, I think we get caught up in Sundays and Wednesdays that, you know, I was just thinking the other day, Uh, about the gifts of the Spirit. And you can't accomplish any of the ministry of Jesus without the Holy Spirit, without the gifts of the Spirit as well. And I was thinking, you know, a lot of the the gifts of the Spirit are used for um, the ministry during a church service, during Sundays and Wednesdays. But more importantly, they're used for out of the service. And that's where you find Jesus doing most of his ministry. You don't read about Jesus... uh, you know, healing people in the synagogue or in the temple, all of his healings and his ministry happened outside of these walls. And I think we need to be encouraged in that, that the presence of the body is supposed to be out there, not in here. And I think we've gotten comfortable, uh, you know, coming on Sundays and Wednesdays and not truly being the presence of the body, the presence of Jesus Christ out in the earth. And so we're going to look at Um, Just different attributes of Jesus that we are supposed to carry. Um, If you read and look at the gospel and look at Jesus and who he is, he has an eternal mindset. Um, Everything he does has an eternal purpose. He doesn't make a decision that just affects the here and now, but it it affects the here and now, but also has an eternal purpose. And his mindset is on earth as as it is in heaven. He said he only did what the Father, what he saw the Father do. So... uh, as the same as Jesus, tonight I just want us to look at what Jesus did and we're supposed to imitate that. That's what we're supposed to do. So, if Jesus did what the Father did, that is also what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to emulate Jesus as he emulated the Father. And uh, he put aside his own will. John uh, 6.38 talks about how he, he put aside his own will, didn't even consider it, but he only considered the will of the Father. His entire life was for the will of heaven. That's the eternal purpose, the eternal mindset of his life. And uh, I want to look at Mark chapter 1 real quick. Um, We're going to look at the story of when Jesus heals the leper. And um, so Jesus is walking around, and a leper comes up to him and says, Lord, if you are willing, only you can make me clean. And Jesus, he says nothing else, but he says, I am willing. And he lays his hands on the leper, and the leper is made clean. And I think when I read this the first time, it really stuck out to me just that the only thing Jesus said is that I am willing. And, you know, just Jesus has the willing spirit. And, um, you know, in our everyday lives, it's about having the willing spirit. Um, you know, having the eternal mindset and the willing spirit that when you see someone hurting or see someone on the side of the road who needs help, it's not, you know, it's uh, take advantage of every opportunity. You have no idea what this opportunity could mean in the eternal scheme of things. Um, And looking at uh, when Jesus says, I am willing, if you look at uh, King David and Psalm when he, uh, in I think it's Psalm 52, when he talks about uh, repenting for what he did with Barat, uh, no Bathsheba. And um, in one verse he says, Lord, grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Uh, King David understood that a willing spirit is what sustains us. Um, when you become stagnant and you live selfishly and you don't uh, do the will of the Father and you don't, continually help people what we're supposed to do on earth is to help people that's what jesus said he came for the sick not the healthy and we're to do the same and king david understood that he knew that for him to uh, live a healthy life and be close with the lord you had you had to have a willing spirit and that's what he was missing and i think it's it's you just see the connection there between jesus and king david about just having that willing spirit. You know, this guy is a leper. No one wants to touch a leper. Um, leprosy is very contagious. Uh, your skin just deforms and rots and falls off. Yet Jesus didn't care. He had the eternal mindset that this person needs me. He needs freedom above everything else because the everyone is just going to pass him by and he's going to be stuck like this forever. But the eternal mindset is that this you know this person is looking for the life that they've always dreamed of, and that's what Jesus is to bring and that's what we're supposed to bring. Um, and I think for me, uh, when preparing this message, uh, this next point, what I want to talk about is really what uh, I think the point of tonight is supposed to be about and um, so, I just want to talk about how Jesus knew what to expect from mankind and from human beings. Um, if you look at the world today, uh, just craziness is happening. the world is completely upside down, and you yeah. know but the Jesus promised that we would be hated, and he said, if you know if I'm hated, then surely you'll be hated and persecuted and I think We expect because Jesus was persecuted for us, you know, well, Jesus did it for me. I don't want to be persecuted, Um, especially in America. We've become very comfortable with who we are and where we are. and um, I think as Christians, when we become comfortable with where we are, that's a problem. We should never be comfortable with what's happening around us, you know, looking at our country today and the world today. the, The problems that are happening in our country aren't a country problem, it's a sin problem. It's the problem with the world. It's a fallen world. Um, and it's important to remember that lost people, they do lost things. Um, we get offended by what lost people do, by what they say. And um, in Proverbs it says, Proverbs twelve sixteen says that a foolish man shows his annoyance at once, but a prudent man overlooks an insult. And, you know, that's truly what that is wisdom. We should carry that. When someone says something insulting to us, just look past it. It doesn't matter. The eternal mindset, they're just having a bad day. Just look past it. Um, and First John tells us, don't be surprised if people hate you. Um, like I said, Jesus promised we will be hated. The Bible says we will be hated, we'll be persecuted. Um, and I think we... Uh, we uh, just expect uh, sinners to understand the Bible and understand Christianity, but they don't. It's a foreign language. You know, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. We need to understand, you know, the kingdom that we're part of is not this world. They will not understand. Um, how many of us saw uh, the movie Noah, her exodus, recently? Anyone see those movies? Yeah, how were how they? <laughs> Not that great. Um, but I do want to focus on that for a second, um, and I'm going to pick on us for a second as Christians. we're Christians are allowed to pick on other Christians. Um, <laughs> if we, we can look at this in two ways. We can look at this logically. We can also look at this through, again, an eternal mindset. Um, Logically, let's do this first. Uh, Okay, so there's movies like The Hunger Games. There's movies about books that are made all the time. And many people, when they go and see them, they say, oh, well, the book was so much better, the movie didn't do it any justice. So if that's the case for those books, then why would it be any different for someone trying to make a movie about the Bible? And I th- we, we just get so bent out of shape for people misunderstanding the Bible, but they're not going to understand the Bible if they're trying to make a movie about it. They're lost people. And I just, I want us to be a people that don't get so critical about things, and we'll overlook an insult. Um, unfortunately, people look at uh, the Church of America today as a critical, hateful people, and we've given them good reason to do that because... We have been very critical. And, you know, with the eternal mindset of things, the Bible, a secular lost person trying to make a movie and interpretation about the Bible is not going to be perfect. It's, it's a holy book trying to be interpreted by a lost mind. They don't compute. So I just, you know, I just when those movies came out, I remember there being such a big uproar and I want... Like I said, I want us to understand that uh, these tiny things they don't matter in the eternal scheme of things these things to be critical about they don't they don't matter and um just uh, a quick testimony about me recently um, with the whole uh the prophecy that was talked about um bringing things to the light, and finding the darkness inside us, uh, I really want that uh, to be what happens tonight. And for me, um, again, a testimony that happened probably a couple weeks ago. um, uh, We're planning a wedding, obviously, and just an issue came about, um, about invitations, and I was a little bent out of shape about... I don't want to share too many details but <laughs> bent out of shape about uh someone who was invited. It's no one here, so don't don't worry about that. Um But I I just I had this person is living in sin and I had a reason like well I don't want them to be there because they're living in sin. This is supposed to be a celebration of the gospel of you know of Jesus and it's like I don't I kept saying I don't want them there I you know, and making up other excuses thinking that I, that they were good reasons in my head. Um, and then me and my fiancé prayed about it, and the Lord just told me, uh, showed me how much of a Pharisee I was being. And, you know, I kept saying, well, you know, I know Jesus ate with the tax collectors and the sinners, but, you know, this sin is worse. It's, it's public, open sin. It's terrible. It's, it's worse. But it's really not. And the Lord showed me my inner Pharisee, and it was ugly. And I I didn't even know it was there. And like uh, the pastor was saying and the prophecies were saying, we have things, darkness inside us that we don't even realize is there. And to be the light of the world, how can we be the light when there's darkness shining inside us? And... Uh, So I just want to focus um, tonight on the darkness that is inside us and the inner Pharisee that we might have and to really bring that out and to be um, like Christ because, you know, thinking about it, a wedding uh, that is a celebration of the gospel, maybe I should be jumping at the opportunity to invite all the lost people that I know. That might be the only chance that they're going to hear the gospel. Um, Amen. Um, And at that, I want to focus on John chapter 8, when the adulteress is is brought to Jesus. And um, so the Pharisees, they catch a woman caught in adultery, and they bring her out to Jesus and say, you know, what do you say, Rabbi? And um, he just ignores them, and then he says, uh, those without sin among you throw your rock first. And so, obviously being convicted, they walk away, and they don't throw their rocks, and uh, Jesus then gets up and asks the woman, where are those accusers of yours? And she says, there is none. And he says, I don't accuse you either. Go and live your life. Um, and I think that really just emulates who we're supposed to be and the presence that we're supposed to have as the body of Christ. Um, too often, uh, I was listening to a sermon once that really just, I've never heard it, this chapter preached So well. And, you know, he says that just with celebrities and actresses and actors and people that we think we're never going to know, we take cheap shots at them because we don't think we're going to know them. But how many jokes do we crack today and just little side comments we say and things we laugh at are really things that the Lord wouldn't laugh at. And, um, you know, people. Might only get one chance to hear the gospel, and you might be the one that is supposed to say that chance and show that chance. That's why we have to take advantage of every opportunity, and you can't, um, you know, uh, you can't miss an opportunity. Um, when that whole thing happened with uh, inviting someone to the wedding and, and not agreeing and not wanting them there it just really, the Lord really showed me and dawned on me that I, you know, I was taking, trying to take a break from showing the gospel and preaching the gospel to someone. And it's like, just for my own selfishness and for our own selfishness, do we ever take breaks from preaching the gospel and showing the gospel? You know, from when we're frustrated in traffic or at the store, you know, how many at the grocery store, the line's taking too long, or I'm a painter, so at the paint store, People, you know, the workers messing up orders, painters constantly cussing them out. And, be, and um, just knowing that I have to take advantage of every opportunity and live out the gospel. If they make a mistake, I say it's fine. Just, you know, fix it. And it's okay. And I show them grace, show them love. And because of that, they see something different. You know, how many, if a painter goes in there and is a Christian, but they're, Yelling at them and swearing up the sto- swearing up a storm, they don't see any difference, and that might have been the only opportunity they're ever going to hear the gospel. Um, you know, sometimes just speaking about taking advantage of every opportunity. Sometimes I wonder about um, just a little thought, like uh, terrorists or different. Uh, you know, just maybe Hitler. Just for example, what if a Christian? came across their path, and it was supposed to be the one chance that would have changed their life, but because maybe the Christian uh, had a critical mindset or was being selfish that day they were they never preached the gospel to that person, and because of that, you know a greater consequence happened. Um, something the Lord taught me a long time ago was that I'm, you're not the only one that depends on your faith um, so when you're out you know whether at school or at, at work or just out in public, you have to wear Jesus at all times because people depend on your faith. Uh, when I was in school my senior year, I would uh, basically preach to the same kid every day, and he didn't go to school or go to church, didn't read his Bible. I was basically church and the Bible to him, so he depended on me um, every day to preach the bible and the word to him and if i wasn't there he would have who knows he may have never heard it i so i had to take advantage of every opportunity and that's who we're supposed to be as the body of christ jesus took advantage of every opportunity he was never um lacking in wisdom or he never because he was tired shooed someone off he always took the time and uh to show love and grace to someone because he knew that, um, he was the kingdom. When people saw him, they, they wanted what he had and that's what we're supposed to be. We're supposed to act that, um, when people see us, they're supposed to want what we have. Um, and so, uh, just with everything that's happening with the country, you know, I've, I've just been hearing, um, You know, uh, just different Christians like, oh, we need to, um, you know, Obama this, Obama that, blah, blah, blah. You know, everything's terrible. I I can't believe this. And, you know, what do you expect? He's, You know, why we need to stop depending on our government. We need to stop depending on other people. You can't. There's only one person you can depend on, and that's the Lord. And you can't expect too much from a lost person. They're not going to give you what you want. They're lost. Um, And so it starts with our everyday lives. Um, You know, uh, I just heard Christians saying we need to, you know, get our voice out there. And, and, you know, it's, you can raise all the gimmicks you want, the different formulas we want, the different cause to fight with, but Jesus didn't command us to do that. He talked about your everyday life to live out the gospel in your everyday life, take advantage of every opportunity in your everyday life. You know, I'm not, to be honest, I'm not worried about the different agendas that are on the, out in the world because I know if I take care of my everyday life and take advantage of every opportunity, the Lord will bless that if I sow seeds in every person that I come across the way Jesus did and the way the apostles did. You know, when Peter and John were walking the streets and someone would come up to them and say, Do you have anything you can give me? They'd say, No, I don't have anything, but what I do have, I will give you. And they'd say, In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, be healed. That's what changes nations. That's what changes lives and cities. It's not these huge Christian causes and, you know, these um, different gimmicks and formulas to bring people into the church. It's about us going out the church actually going out you know we try to do all the work by bringing people here but the work is us going out there they don't need to to be saved you don't have to come here to be saved you just have to meet jesus no matter where you're at and that's what we need to preach Um, and i think jesus really uh Showed us how much that we need um, community and need each other, and uh, you know, with the apostle, with the apostles, I think that was a great example of how he always gave grace to them, and even Israel, and just how you they always needed each other. Um, and in, uh, I'm going to turn to John chapter 17 real quick um, when Jesus is praying in the garden, and he's praying for. Uh, First he prays for himself, then for the disciples, and then he prays uh, for all believers. In John chapter uh, 17, verses 20 through 23, uh, my prayer is not for them alone, the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you uh, you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I and them and you and me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Um, you know, I said earlier that we've given the world good reason to mock us and make fun of us. And it's because we're scattered. Um, you know, we're scattered people that are constantly butting heads and arguing with each other, and that's why nothing gets accomplished. Uh, and, you know, Jesus here just really lays it out how he wants us to be unity. Just as the Father and the Son are in unity, that's how he wants us to be with him and with the Father. And the Father and Jesus are the same person. You know, so as the body, we're supposed to be the same person as Jesus. Um, and me and my, my dad were having an interesting conversation a couple of weeks ago, just talking about the different walks of life and um, even just different races and how it's interesting how the Lord put different attributes in different races and different people and different walks of life. And it just shows how, you know, uh, just we really need each other each um, I'll just each race kind of has I don't really know how to put it, but uh, an attribute that we to bring together. That's how we come to unity. Um, You know, and it comes even with the office gifts. Talking about in Ephesians, how there's the different offices: a pastor, teacher, prophet, um, and so on. Just that. The work of the Lord can't be done with one person, and Jesus knew that. He did, his, he did his ministry and his work, but at the same time, he was raising up 12 apostles and disciples because he knew that to change the world, it would take more than just him, and, but they would have to, that the apostles would point people towards him. Um, And so I just, the Bible constantly talks about not to slander each other and not to um, make fun of each other and uh, to watch our tongues. The Bible says to really watch your tongue. And I think we just really loosely joke around and we loosely um, let things slip and make fun of each other, maybe have bad thoughts in our head, and that might be the darkness and the Pharisee that's hiding inside you. Um, there's a popular pastor today. His name's Judah Smith, and he uh, he is, claims to be Justin Bieber's pastor, and he is Justin Bieber's pastor. And many people write him off as a heretic because they see the name oh, Justin Bieber. He's lost person, so Judah Smith must be a heretic. And you know, it's just the state of the the body that we are right now. We are no body. We're a broken body, and uh, you know, just who we are supposed to be is is just so far from where we're at. And the people like Judah Smith who are actually doing what we're supposed to be doing by going to the people that no one else will go to, by reaching the people that no one else will try to. We think actors and actresses, are, you know, they're so lost they can't be saved. That's not true. They need a pastor too. They need, everyone leaves, needs the love of God equally just as you did. Um, so it doesn't matter where you're at, who you're talking to. Um, you show the love of Christ no matter what. That's the presence of the body, to always show grace, show the love, love of Christ in every opportunity, never taking a rest, never taking time off because um, there might be a selfish desire in your heart. Jesus truly lived selflessly, and he didn't want to live by his own will. Um, He only did what He saw the Father do. We should be doing the same. You know, what if we actually truly lived by the Spirit and we only did what the Spirit told us to do and we only said what the Spirit told us to do and we only walked where He told us to walk and we shut our mouths when He told us to shut our mouths. You know, what if we actually did that? What would the world look like today? And that's, that's what Jesus calls us to be and it's just been... You know, the, there was a word talk uh, today given about the harvest, and it's true if, if you have the Spirit inside you, you can truly feel, feel that something is coming, and it is the harvest, and it's, it's time to truly be the presence of Christ, the presence of us in the world. Um, and just in conclusion, you need to know who you are in Christ. You need to know if you're going to do anything, you need to walk in confidence in who you are. The Bible in Revelation says, to those who overcome, I will, um, Jesus, I will talk about you to the Father. I will give you a white stone with a new name on it. Um, Your sins are blotted out. They're not even remembered. You're completely a new person. In Romans, it talks about how we're birthed in Adam nature, but then once we're... um, made alive in christ again you're given a completely new nature um i I hear a common phrase that uh, like oh if that person was saved they'd be such a great christian if anyone was saved they'd be such a great christian you're made into a completely new being you know um so you need to know who you are if you're believing any lie that you can't be used that there's nothing you're good at, that oh, I'm so far from Christ, I, there's just nothing I can do. Um, you need to understand all the lies that you're believing, and I pray that the Lord would reveal the different lies that have been planted and wounds that may have been planted early on in, in your life. Um, there, When you truly understand who you are in Christ, there's nothing that can hold you back. Um, the Bible says, what can mere mortal men do to me? There's There's nothing in this world that can stop us from spreading the love of Christ, and that is in our daily lives. Um, But more importantly and lastly, you need to know who Jesus is, and you need to know the personal uh, character of Jesus, and you need to know the holy king of Jesus, and... uh, just to wrap it all up, I just to truly talk about who Jesus is, I'm going to read this scripture. It's in Revelation chapters 4 and 5. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased for God persons from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God, and they will reign on the earth. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. To him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. And that's who we worship. That's who we're, we're supposed to emulate. After reading that, how, how could you feel like anything could come against you? The only, the only one that's worthy in Revelation to open the, the scroll is Jesus. The only person worthy to be lifted above all things is Jesus. And if that's who we're supposed to be and emulate, then what can stop you? What can stop us? But again, it starts in your everyday life and Again, just take advantage of every opportunity, and I just pray tonight that um, if there is any darkness, like I found in myself a couple weeks ago, that that would be brought to the light and the Lord can can deal with that. And just to encourage you, if, you, if the Lord has already given you something that you need to bring to the light, um, I was carrying something with me for probably 10 years of my life, and Pastor Ron, actually, earlier this year, at the beginning of the year, said that this is going to be a year of bringing things to the light. And I truly believe that. And as soon as he said that, I said, Oh, that's me. This isn't good. Because I didn't, I didn't want to bring it to the light. And I did. I brought it to my fiance. And I've never been felt more free in my entire life. I was, for 10 years, afraid to bring it to the light. And I did. And so I just want to use that, you know, my testimony. If there's anyone in here that needs and knows that they need to bring something to the light, whether um, it be just to Jesus, but I encourage you, like Pastor said, find somebody, um, someone you can trust, and if you could, someone that really means something to you, and uh, bring it to the light and let that darkness finally have its last day and uh, command it that it has to be judged at the seat um, in front of the throne. And we command that to leave tonight. So I just encourage you in that. um, Before Pastor Tim comes up and does whatever, uh, we'll be done with the rest of the service. I'm just going to pray.